Dead Air Nation proudly presents The Bucking Cap Show, live on blogtalkradio.com. And now, here are your hosts, Buck and Cap. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to The Bucking Cap Show, live here on the Dead Air Nation Network. Thanks to our fine sponsors, Gnarly Beer Code. Go and check them out at gnarlybeercode.com. And don't forget to use the promo code SINISTER for a VIP discount. Welcome to the show, everybody. I mean to tell you, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. I mean, and I'm, you know, as I'm discussing this with some of my friends, I get a couple uh, texts. Buck, you should know that uh, BT feels that we should be discussing behavioral appendigenetics and how traumatic experiences such as the Holocaust affect the DNA. I said, not only will we get on that topic, but we'll discuss behavioral habits between married men and single men and how they affect one another. Psych. I think we should save that for another show. (laughs) Anyway, we do have a lot to discuss tonight. There's a lot of um, stuff that's happened in the news over the past uh, couple days, past week, couple weeks uh, since we've been on air. Um, but you know, I wanted I want to try and explore all these things, Buck. So that means that you and I will both have to be mindful of our uh, of our banter, if you will. Let's start out. We're going to have to be quick. Yes, we're going to have to be quick, which for many men is not an issue. For us, however, it is. Sorry. Well, maybe not sorry. Hello. (laughs) Anyway, um, I wanted to kind of talk about, um, you know, the NFL and the um, baseball playoffs. I mean, I think we've gotten kind of away from that. The uh, playoffs went underway when, uh, what, right after um, our last show? Anyway, needless to say, I mean, we always talk football. I don't know if you got a chance to see any of the games this past weekend, but again, you know, there were some good games, and of course there's some clunkers. Um, I think – there were uh, some surprises as well, as uh, is always the case. Um, however, I did want to get your um, input on the Houston Texans-Atlanta Falcons game because the final was 53-32. to But I mean to tell you, Texans looked pretty damn good. Yes, they did. Um, <laughs> man. That uh, that uh, Watson can uh, sure play, can he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, I was, you know, back and forth, back and forth, and I was sitting there going, "Okay, I'm in a bit of a quandary here because I want to see the Falcons do well because I have Julio Jones on my fantasy football team, but honestly." I'd much rather see the Texans win that game, and they did. So, um, you know, it was a, it was, it was good. 
Um, the one game that didn't quite work out the way I wanted it to, Ravens-Steelers. But, man, was it a hell of a game. It really was. Uh, you know, once you, you you should all know, I think everybody in our listening audience does know that Ben Roethlisberger, first game of the season, injury, boom, out for the season, right, with the right elbow injury, I believe, arms in a sling. Needless to say, he's out. In comes Mason Rudolph, rookie. It's like, come on, I want to see this kid do well, right? And he got hurt in the Ravens game. It was nasty looking. He got hit, and you could tell his eyes closed. He was out. You could tell immediately he was out. And the dangerous part about that is he falls completely limp, and his head is going to hit the turf. I mean, that's what they have the helmets for, but still, that is not good. And when, when they got him up, Here's the thing, folks. The cart, they brought the cart out. They were going to put him on the stretcher, cart him off the field. The cart died, something with the cart. They had to push the cart off the field. And some of the players and coaches uh, and our uh, players and medical staff carried Mason Rudolph off the field. Now, the one thing that was promising for me was the fact that not only did, you know, he walk off with assistance versus being carted off. He actually looked at one of the players and said, I'm okay. I'm okay. That doesn't necessarily mean he's fully okay. Cause I mean, if you looked at his face, if you looked at his eyes, he looked like he was in la la land, not to, not to make a joke about it. Just, it did not look good. You know what I mean? I don't know if you got to see that game, but basically it came down to uh, the last – they go into overtime. I thought they went into overtime. Ravens wind up kicking the field goal, winning the game. But, man, oh, man, was that – I was really rooting for them. Um, I'm trying to think of that quarterback's name. We're going to have to look it up real quick. Uh, that wound up coming into the game. Um, but needless to say, I, I was rooting for them. I was like, come on. Yeah, I'm just like that. I like to – I typically root for the underdog, um, you know, that type of thing, but especially with the injuries. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so here an it underdog is. is a hungry dog. Yeah. Where'd you get that quote? Woo! Oh, you know where I got we it We know from. where you got it. <laughs> Eagles. Anyway. Uh, Russian passing. Here it is. Steelers. Devlin Hodges. Devlin Hodges. I mean, come there you on. go. There's Everybody a like, who? Name. They're like who? But anyway, um, Luke. Falk, that was a who? good game. <laughs> what were? What did you get to see the games? Are there some that you that stand out in your mind? Oh, I got to see some of them. Um, you know, I got to see uh, Seattle. Man, they look good. 
you know, they, um, you know, Russ and, Russell Wilson looks like the real deal. Uh, I mean, that that, that was, was the uh, Thursday night game, right? Yes, but you know, it's still included in the, um, still included in this. You know, we weren't on for a couple weeks now, but um, yeah, I got to see see that game. I I, I thought Russell Wilson looked good. Um. I got to see the Dallas game against uh, Green Bay. Boy, uh, yes, yeah. That's one of those games. That's one of those games where you're like, can we possibly make it so that both of them lose? But you know, one of them's got to win. So or they tie. <laughs> but one of them had to win. And if it, if you know, if you had to choose one, who was it going to be? It was going to be Green Bay, and Green Bay just outplayed them. And they kind of like they they had a huge lead, and you know they kind of laid back on their laurels and and let the Cowboys come back and, and, and look like a presentable team. I mean, when you, it, it's amazing when we talk about football and you talk about stats, you know, and and if you look at the stat sheet without looking at the score, you're like, man, boy. Did uh, Dak Prescott have a good game, you know? Um, but it's all catching up, garbage time. Green Bay really didn't care. Points um, for fantasy football people, you know. And I, I'll tell you, man, I, they, I think the, the beginning of that game was the proof of the pudding. There was no comeback to win. You know, they got spanked. They looked bad. Um, mm. Of course, you know. Rest of the game, you know, if you turn it on, you're like, oh, hey, it's a close game. Wasn't a close game. It was not. So, you know, I, I, I have that to see some of that. I, I yeah, exactly. And I, and I think the biggest thing I took out of that game is, is that the Cowboys, I don't think the Cowboys are a bad team. I think they're a pretty good team. But they don't look so grand or so great when it comes up against the, um, when it comes up against the more elite teams, you know, the last couple of weeks, they, they haven't been able to string a win against good teams. And I, I think that's say they a choke. telling sign. <laughs> well, you know, you know, another, I didn't another think. game that another game that uh, did not turn out the way that I would have liked it. Um, but certainly want to talk about it. The Jags-Panthers game. I never thought I would say that. You know what I mean? I never thought I would. Yeah. Two teams I really don't care about. Two teams that can be extremely boring at times, but this game was anything but boring. Christian McCaffrey, 237 scrimmage yards. I mean, he couldn't be stopped that day. He. It was just incredible showing. I mean, I was like, I would have liked to have seen the Jags win. Um, you know, if it's between an AFC team and an NFC team, usually I'm leaning towards the AFC, AFC because the Eagles are an NFC team, and I want to see them up there. But, I mean, that's not always the case. If anybody's playing the Patriots, I'm usually rooting for the NFC team. Know what I'm saying? But um, needless to say, uh you know, you had Nick Foles go out for the year. Um, and 
there's another situation. The, the old 70s porn uh, mustache in, um, uh, what, what's it, Gardner <laughs> Minshew, right? Minshew. I, no, seriously, doesn't it? Doesn't it look like it? Doesn't he look like he's, oh, like, you know, in a Minshew 70s? Minshew magic. Fresh out of a yeah, he walks. He walks out on the field. Everybody else walks out on the field to you know their their theme song. He walks out alone to bow chicka bow bow It's an incredible performance by uh, McCaffrey, don't you think? Insane. I I think McCaffrey is a beast. An absolute beast, you know. I we remember when we were talking fantasy, and I was like, "You got to go for Barkley, right, at number one." But I was kept talking about McCaffrey, right? Yeah, I should have done it. Yeah, you know, it's that uh, he graced uh, Barkley graced the cover of Fantasy Football Index, which is basically a curse for fantasy football players. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Did not know and that. Thanks. Lastly, <laughs> uh, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of games to talk about, honestly. But I'm gonna I'm gonna. Well, actually, I'll finish it up in a second. We do have to talk about and briefly, Colts Chiefs. Help out that win by the Colts. Oh my On god, that was that, you know that that was my favorite um, favorite game to be honest. Because you know what I'm I'm. The, I, I was thinking about this watching the game. You know, you, you root for typically in each matchup, you root for somebody, right? But then you find yourself throughout the season rooting for certain teams, you know, other than the teams that you like. Now, I'm a Bills fan. Yep. You know that. And I'm an Eagles fan. So they're the two that I root for. But I always have like one or two or three teams that I'm that I'm rooting for some success, you know? And, man, the Colts are one of those teams. Like, I, I never liked the Colts, ever. Not once did I like the Colts <laughs> or root for them. I'm serious. This year, with Brissett and Frank Reich, I love Frank Reich, man. I Oh, God, you know, it just can't get out of my head how how great he's doing there and how happy I am to see him doing that great, you know? By the way, former former backup uh, quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, Frank Reich. Yeah. And man, he eats. He's he's a darn good coach, is what he is. And I was so happy to see that. So. Yes, exactly. I was just so happy to see that, and I I, I like to see the Chiefs with success too. Um, but man, I was like, man, am I rooting? For- Am I really rooting for the Colts? Am I like go Colts? Man, I love watching that team. Is that's a team, man? That is a team right there. It's mm-hmm. one of those teams you sit there and you say, yeah. And, and they're and you you we're talking about teams that are boring to watch usually. Um, I don't think they're the the most exciting offense. You gotta love Marvin. No. Mack. Um, but they and they can't throw it deep, which you know who's that sound like Eagles. Uh, but mm. man, it, it was just fun to watch them play that game and, and to see how what they did to a Chiefs team who, you know, many are saying are going to win the Super Bowl. 
So, yeah, yeah, I was yep. I was loving watching that. I mean, lastly, I'd like to bring up your Buffalo Bills. Man, oh man, Buffalo, that Buffalo is for real, for real, for real. And I mean to tell you, they are. I'm not a Titans. I'm not a Titans fan uh, to begin with, but the fact that you know. The Buffalo Bills have struggled for how many seasons? That's rhetorical. But, you know, to see it start to formulate, I mean, I know there's that hint of doubt in the back of the mind. I know it's got to be back there, Buck, whether you admit it or not. There's got to be that hint of doubt where you turn around and say, will will it be next week when they return to the normal Bills that we've known the past several years? You know, uh, I've Scott, seen, they pulled out the I've win. Seen plenty I was so happy. Years. I definitely have seen plenty of years gone by where they've had good early starts. And, you know, the one thing I have to say is different than this year than those years is that the defense is for real. That is a monster defense they have there. McDermott's really done a good job with that. You know, mm-hmm. but feast or famine, you know. They they have they have a menacing defense, but they really don't have a lot of weapons offensively. But I kind of like their thought process of what they did. First of all, Josh Allen is an above average quarterback. You know, um, they've had some they've had some clunkers go through that system and go go through Buffalo uh, since the Jim Kelly days. Um, some real clunkers. And it it's the most important position <laughs> offensively on a football team. And they've not really been able to celebrate a, a franchise quarterback. I think this guy um is above average. I think he's a I think he's a fierce competitor and player. And I like him. I like him. I don't he's never gonna flash. He's not gonna mm-hmm. be a Hall of Famer. He's never going to flash. But he can do the things you need to do. If you throw a few weapons around him, he can do the things you need to do. You're going to see Buffalo. And they have a window of maybe three years. You're going to see in the next three years, they're going to be a playoff team. And that's good to see. You know, a couple years ago, they were in the playoffs. Honestly, they probably didn't belong in there at that time. And, you know, last year, you know, they, they kind of relied on uh, certain guys, and they said goodbye to those guys. In fact, this week they said goodbye to a guy they picked up in the second round that they thought were going, was going to be their next wide receiver in Zay Jones. And they said, adios, goodbye, which I was glad to see. Um, and and they've, got some, they've got some players, man. I mean, they got the old guy, Frank Gore. Uh, Devin Singletary, when he gets healthy, is going to do some damage for them as far as the running back position. Um, I kind of like what they've done wide receiver-wise. There's no flashy wide receivers at all. But they've got guys who are scrappy there. And, you know, I'm enjoying watching it. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're on a bye week this week. So, um, you know, that's, that's good for them. Uh, let me look real quick. Week seven, where are they at? 
They're at home against the Miami Dolphins. Now, that is a divisional game. Um, divisional games, uh, particularly in that division, can go either way. You know what I mean? Regardless of you know the dominance that uh, the Patriots have shown. There's games where Bill Belichick's in the uh, locker room waking his players up, you know. And then they come, you know, they come back out and, you know, they beat the team. But, you know, those those games can be pretty scary. But I hate to – I don't want to jinx them. I hate to say and potentially jinx them is what I was thinking. The Dolphins are just horrendous this year. And I just can't see them doing anything against that defense. I really can't. So, yeah. hopefully, you're looking at you know another win for you, and uh, and probably the best start um, since God knows when for the Bills. Anyway, yes. Um, then they come out of the bye. They play Miami, and then they play again at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. Ooh, that should be oh, an interesting. Dear. So. Uh, yes. Yep. Yes. Yes. Have it's you? It's going to be one of those teams. Any of the? Yeah. Um, have you seen any of the um, baseball playoffs? MLB. A little bit. I mean, <laughs> there's not. There's not much really to root for. I mean, to be honest with you. Like in in the um, in the NL, I, I mean the team that I would root for uh, out of the teams left is St. Louis, um, and as it is right now, they are uh, pretty much going to go to the next round because uh, they're playing the Braves in the final uh, game game five, and they're up thirteen to one right now. So they they're they're going to advance. Yeah. They're going to advance, and yep. then later on you find out whether L.A. or Washington goes. And to they be honest with they you. Have they have advanced because it's it's gone final, by the way. Oh, it has gone final? Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, you got, L, you got L.A. and you got Washington. Um, to be honest with you, that's one of those ones where it's like, can they both lose? I said before. Yeah, yeah, uh, but if you had to pick, but who you pick I, I guess you going with. I'm picking. I'm picking Washington. I'm picking yeah, Washington because you know, I'm tired of seeing the Dodgers. The last couple of years, they've made it to the World Series. They make it to the World Series this year. They're not going any further. Um, not to mention their they're history. not going to win it. I mean, between them and the Braves, the long history that they have, it's like, yeah, I don't want to see them anymore. You know. So exactly. Now on the flip side, that, uh, ALCS, you know, it, the series between Tampa Bay and uh, the Astros is tied to two. I know. It's like I know. Uh, I, I mean, I've never been a really big Tampa fan. Period. Whatever team. Yeah, I mean, you can put whatever team you want in there. Um. So I mean, the game should be underway, right? 
should be underway. Anyway. Uh yeah, it's it's what well, what the Tampa Bay Houston game? That's tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, that's right, Thursday. I'm sitting there, the duh, thinking about Washington and uh, and L.A. They go live in under ten minutes, something like that. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm I'm rooting for Houston because I think that's the team that can beat the Yankees. I want to see the Yankees. Yes, so. I just no, I don't want to see the Yankees. So it would be nice to see Houston and St. Louis Cardinals, in my opinion, personally. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. Um, yeah, that would be the team that I would root for in the AL. Um, definitely, the Yankees already advanced, so you know that they're going to be competing in the um, in, in the championship series. And yep. I, honestly, you got to sit there and you got to say, you know, Tampa Bay, like you said, you like to see the underdogs, but there's no way they're beating the Yankees. There's no way. So I, I, I'd have oh, to I mean, sit there and say that I'm going for Houston there too. Another thing is, is a Houston they're the fifth Yankees seat. series. So that's going to be a great series. Well, yeah, it would be. It would be if they advance. That's why I'd like to see them advance. Right. Exactly. So. But nobody wants to see you. Come on. Uh, yeah. Good point. Good point. Well, moving on to our final sports talk. Um, well, maybe not final, but uh, for the weekly update, have you seen any of this? NBA controversy that's going on between the NBA and China. Have you, you know, seen I'm any of it? Up you know and see exactly what is going on over there. A couple games were canceled, and now they even have more things. They must have had like something. Yep. I, I wasn't aware of it. They they must have had something like really huge set up with China this year, because there's a bunch yes. of China China stuff going on. Like last last night, the Sixers played a a game against a team from China in Philly here. Um, mm-hmm. So they had a lot of like Chinese um, events scheduled, uh, and then it all went awry. And then people said things, and you know, I really haven't had time to go and look that up. I was looking other things up. Okay, uh, well, to you. I'll give it to you in a nutshell. Houston Rockets general manager, Daryl Morey, tweeted his support of the protesters in Hong Kong. Well, China thought that that was not right. They didn't like it. And they thought that the league's response, Commissioner Silver responded that, you know, they feel... Uh, well, the NBA, the NBA supports freedom of expression on political and social topics, even if it comes at the cost of growing the league's business. So, you know, and I read that off to you. I was going to say, you know, he, they basically have had a number of situations where they feel, hey, it's freedom of, of expression. Um, and he, he goes 
goes on to say that he won't put themselves in a position of regulating what players, employees, and team owners say or will not say, but I, I think I need to uh, find it. Um, I'll, I'll just quickly add that it uh, wasn't well-received by China, and they did not play um, or air on TV some of the preseason games. Some of them, like you said, got canceled. To the extent of Bill, they're, they're a buck, I'm sorry. To the extent of Chinese officials um, are moving millions of citizens to NHL refanification camps to show that China will not tolerate this flagrant disrespect for our nation amongst the ranks of the NBA. We intend to enlighten our citizens in the ways of the National Hockey League. <laughs> Good <laughs> luck with no that. Joke. This is no joke. That's they've hilarious. Got, they've got citizens sitting in facilities that are, are basically uh, look like a, a much, I'll use uh, BT's thing, Holocaust camp. There's concrete all over the place. Big widescreen TV with hockey on. Right, so they're watching that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, with this action, we will undo the harmful legacy of basketball on our nation's psyche, using unyielding exposure to the ways in which hockey aligns with the values of China, a dynasty not unlike that of the Boston Bruins. By the time our citizens board their trains back home, they will not remember that such a thing as the NBA ever existed. All they will know is the joy of a slap shot, the grace of a goalie, and the unlimited potential of the St. Louis Blues in the postseason. <laughs> I'm telling you, you, you can't write this stuff, man. You can't write this stuff. Oh, it's, it's, so to say that they're oh. a, a little bit um, peeved, I guess would be an understatement. You know, um, it's so it, it's the NBA. It is a it's a me. This it it that's going too far. Basketball, There's, man. Bas- NBA, it's a sport. Here's a response by the NBA towards the pressure. The freedom should not be confused with employee protection. The First Amendment does not safeguard employees from sanctioned by their employers particularly employers in the private sector, as they are mostly not obligated to adhere to constitutional requirements. Employment contracts and workplace conduct and social media policies may and often do impose constraints on employee behavior and speech that are otherwise protected by the First Amendment. Put bluntly, what you say probably won't get you arrested, but it might get you suspended from work or even fired. <laughs> oh my goodness. So you know what you know what the NBA should do to protest China? Much like uh the, the NFL players um when they kneeled down, all all NBA players should uh squint their eyes. Oh no during oh. the you know, <laughs> here, here it is. Here it is. I was going to, 
I was going to restrain myself during the whole hockey talk. But, you know, BT, BT will be disappointed if I, if I don't bring it up at this point to say that the Chinese are, you know, um, enlightening their uh, citizens to the game of hockey so that they can enjoy a good loose five hole. <laughs> that is wrong. Sorry. You, you know what? Wrong, the funny but... thing is that the uh, the name of the sport hockey, you could actually argue that it might be an actual person in China named Hockey. <laughs> that that's that's a good point. Oh, that's Hockey! Come here! Come I here! Like watch Hockey! You to, I I like to introduce hockey. you to Hockey. Oh my goodness! Uh, anyway, slapshot, black uh, slapshot. He's a mere slapshot. Here's here's something from Forbes um, on the issue. They basically say, thanks to Adam Silver, the NBA has already won this silly controversy with China. That is because of the 1.4 billion folks in China. NBA officials estimate that 300 million of them play basketball and that 500 million of them watch at least one game from their league that made $8 billion last season. That's the NBA, by the way. So, you know, they, they think that sooner rather than later, the combination of freedom of speech and NBA earning much of its loot last season in China will prevail regarding this flap involving that nation's threat to boycott all things NBA forever. Over a tweet. <laughs> now that tweet being the, from the, the general manager of the uh, Houston Rockets. Right now, the other thing that kind of makes me laugh with this whole thing is that where it's coming from. It came from or started with the um, the guy from the Houston Rockets, right? If 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 you if anybody who knows the Houston Rockets knew knows. Last year, they had an alternate jersey that had Chinese writing on the front of it. I'm, I shit you not. They had Chinese writing on the front of it. That is the ultimate irony here. Like, I was like, why would Houston, like, is Houston a big Chinese mecca? No, I don't think it is. But they have Chinese writing on the front of their jerseys. And I was like, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. I, why are they wearing these? And then... This comes up to light. That's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've they've gone on to cancel a fan event in Shanghai um, just before the exhibition game between the Nets and the Lakers. I, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of things that I mean. This is basically John is like pissed. So, well, yeah. not James. I know what you. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's one controversy. Let's do a quick. By the way, this is going to happen the whole show. What you talk about? What happened the whole show? Oh no, (laughs) not good. I know what you. James Harden. I know what you. Not good. Not good. 
All right, let's do a quick music break. When we come back, we'll get into a couple more controversies. That being more controversy for Matt Lauer, you know, amidst rape allegations now. Not just the um, extramarital affair, there's allegations of rape. And how the U.S. is turning its back on Kurdish allies in the midst of Turkey. Now, I mean, I just said this to, the, uh, to you the other day, Buck, that, you know, Turkey's getting into position. Now, today they went in and they attacked civilians in Syria and the Kurdish army because they don't want the, the Kurds near them. We'll come back and talk about that shortly. Let's do a quick music break.
damn right it is. Welcome back to the Bucking Cap Show here on the Dead Air Nation Network, brought to you by our fine sponsors, Gnarly Beer Co. Go and check them out at gnarlybeerco.com. Make sure you use the promo code SINISTER for a VIP discount. Well, just before the break, we started to get into you know, the teasers of Matt Lauer rape allegations and U.S. turning its back on its allies. Um, yeah, it was seemed only fitting talking about the NBA controversy with China to kind of move into this territory. I mean, there's just all kinds of controversy going on. I'm not sure if you're aware or not, but rape allegations against Matt Lauer uh, came out last night when Ron and Farrow, uh, reporter, uh, a respected reporter, um, who is working on a new book or is about to release a new book October 15th. So, hell, six days. Catch and Kill, Lies, Spies, and a Conspiracy to Protect Predators. So it's not just about Matt Lauer, but it's about a lot of other things. Um, it goes on to say that one of Lauer's NBC News colleagues, uh, Brooke Nevels, um, alleges that he raped her. And she said that, now, this was when it, they were covering the Olympics in Sochi, all right, Russia. So needless to say, uh, they were over there, and basically uh, drinks were involved. She indicated how many drinks she had. I forget how many. It's like six uh, drinks, six shots or something like that. Um, but anyway, um, uh, six shots of vodka, Ended up going, uh, she ended up going to Lauer's hotel room twice, once to retrieve her press credentials, which Lauer had taken as a joke, and the second time because he invited her back, right? Now, she indicates that um, she was uh, too drunk to, um, to know any better or something like that, and, or uh, I forget how it's phrased, but, but anyway... Um, uh, to give consent. But when she was in the room with him, she declined several times, but alleges that he just did it. It was painful and that she bled for days. It was, there. here's the quote, it was non-consensual in the sense that I was too drunk to consent. That's what I was struggling over remembering. I'm glad I, I found it. It was non-consensual in that I said multiple times that I didn't want to have anal sex. So, there you have it. This is, you know, by the way, she reported that to NBC um, Breast, and Matt Lauer was fired the next day. The thing that I'm a little... um, uneased about is the fact that reported on world news tonight they're indicating that after they came back to the u.s from sochi that she engaged in a consensual sexual relationship with him if he raped you why would you do that i just you know her psyche might have been um you know all kinds of twisted we don't know. I've never been in that situation. A lot of times that I hear um, is that 
you know, people who are abused uh, and stuff like that, you know, they, they tend to allow it to happen and continue that um, volatile relationship, if you will. So this this could be pretty bad for Matt Lauer if if any of this is true. Now, you should know that they reached out to um, his wife about this, right? Right. And I'm trying to find it. Matt Lauer's ex-wife, Annette Rogue, speaking out for the first time since the sexual assault allegations were first lodged against the disgraced TV anchor in 2017 through her attorneys. Here it is. In response to your inquiry, our client has asked us to tell you that now that the parties are officially divorced, her priority and only concern is for their wonderful children. End quote. I'm sorry. Here's another follow-up to it. Our client will make no further statements. And Matt, uh, Matt Lauer did a lengthy letter in response to the allegations, but the gist of it, his claim is the encounter was extramarital, but not, or but consensual. I was going to say, but not non-consensual. It was extramarital, but consensual. You know, okay. I, I, I watched him during those Olympics. Yeah, I, I thought he did such a good job. I thought he was a man of integrity and such like that. I mean, the fact that, you know, he did these things, extramarital uh, stuff with staff and everything, suggests a pattern of potential sexual harassment in the workplace, Um, needless to say, well, with colleagues or what have you. But, you know, I mean, these are allegations that have to be proven. But, you know, I I think – his reputation is tarnished. I mean, just just last week, there was like a um, social media um, uh, post with him and his daughter dancing and acting all goofy and everything. So, you know, everybody was kind of talking like, okay, Matt Lauer, you know, trying to, you know, in the process of restoring his image. After this, yeah, I don't think that's happening, not, not for a long time. Yeah. What's your um, take? I got to say, it's going to be hard to get back from that, um, especially, well, definitely not if it's true. Um, but even even allegations anymore um, <clears throat> will basically, you know, end your career. Uh, it's hard to bounce back from allegations. Um, he's he's had some things in the past um that kind of haunt him um you know dealing with his you know marriage and everything too uh the the one thing like you said um you know about her you know not coming back and actually having a relationship with him after they came back to the United States i mean you could say it's all speculation now until you get down to the um to the guts of it but you could sit there and say that one, she was drinking, um, and we know, I think we all know, you know, things, you know, kind of are taking one way when you're drinking, and it's, you know, it's hard to sit there and say, well, okay, if you were drinking, you know, 
you know, are you are you sure you said no all those times? You know what I mean? Um, the other thing you could sit there and say uh, about her coming back, if it actually did happen, uh, is that she was scared. You know, she was scared that, she, you know, she was thinking of her career and she was worried that it would be, you know, you know, rough sailing if uh, she came back and she did not get into, you know, any kind of uh, relationship with him. You know, there could have been a threat right. there. Uh, it, there's there's a lot of ways I to mean, go about it. My thing, um, I should point you know, out, I read real, real quick, book, uh, uh, real quick, I should point out that she was the assistant to Meredith Vieira, who basically was not working for NBC at the time. They they brought her in as you know um, for the Olympics, and they brought her um, on set to talk about things and stuff like that. But you know, just just so you know that. She wasn't reporting to Matt Lauer, but here's the thing. NBC, the notoriety that Matt Lauer had, the leverage and power that he had being on the Today Show and stuff like that, you know, there's no telling what she might have been thinking, like, oh, crap, he could make my life or my career a living hell. I'm sorry. Continue. Thank you. So, looking it up real quick, because I did not know about this until uh, you brought it up, and I was like, I better look and see what's going on here. Uh, the, the one thing I do see is um, uh, his former co-host, Ann Curry, says that she believes the accuser, and it, it breaks her heart. Um, that's yeah, kinda, the same know, thing, yeah. You don't know... On TV, these people represent themselves like they are, like you said, stand-up citizens. You know, you rely – I don't watch news like you you do. But, you know, certainly I know Matt Lauer. Uh, And, you know, he was a powerful figure in in the news realm, you know. Many people would sit down and literally turn on today – for Matt Lauer, you know that's where they wanted to get their news from. You know what I mean? And uh, it's yep. not the same. It's can not be said the, about it's not the first time. Yep. It's not the first time an anchor uh, reputation has been tarnished. You know, uh, sometimes you know, I I don't know. To to me, on TV, he seemed like the real deal. You know, he seemed like a good, you know, a good man. Um. And, but you never know behind doors. You never know what's going on. You know. Yeah. You you don't know if they have a power thing going on. Like sometimes you hear things like you know, like for instance, Brian Gumble always was known to like on set and whatnot and by his colleagues to be an asshole. But did you? And yep. I said that. <laughs> but did you ever see something like this come out on him yet? No. No. So so maybe he's he's taken that way, but maybe, you know, deep down inside he's the honest to goodness guy, you know? But he just doesn't seem that way. Uh Mount Hour seemed like that guy. I mean, you know, Brian Williams, you remember him, you know, caught yeah. you know, yeah. lying to, to get a lying. better story. Yeah, you know, he, he he seemed yeah. like 
the real deal. You know what I mean? So you don't know. It, it's that's why you know I talk about media all the time. That's why media bugs me because you always have this like you know this this perception that they throw out there and that they want you to believe, and you know you just fall into it. You know, and it's not just you and I. It's the whole country falls into it yeah. and then you know this comes out and now you got to speculate you know you got to speculate you know have you listened to this guy for this long um you know and trusted him and his news just to find out that he's a rapist and you know of what? course you know this just came out so we don't know yeah. all the facts yet we don't know exactly but yep. you know to me, like, what does this woman have to gain by saying it? Unless it, it might have been true. Although, my thing, again, is, you know, drinking was involved. Things happen when you're drinking. Um, maybe she didn't intend to do anything, but did because she was drinking. Those things happen. Yeah. And now but, she's just saying that she thinks it's rape. I, Who knows? Who knows until it comes I should, out. I should point out that um, you know, under these situations, uh, you know, you report this stuff and basically it's really incumbent upon the organization to protect this woman, you know, but the, the name, she only told two people, her name got leaked out. So she wound up telling her story, um, you know, to, uh, journalists. So needless to say, what's telling to me, what I look at sometimes, Buck, reaction by his colleagues. Savannah Guthrie worked alongside of him for a number of years. So did Ann Curry, but Ann Curry's gone basically because of Matt Lauer. She's no longer a part of um, NBC, right? But um, Savannah Guthrie, who had a great relationship with them, was stunned when these allegations, when the allegations of the extramarital affair and sexual harassment in the workplace first came out. And her reaction today was tenfold, saying that we here are disturbed. You know, that that reaction tells me that you know she's. She's stunned by it, and there, you know, she probably didn't really see it. You know, obviously he probably didn't try anything with her. You know, um, but can believe it. You know, when you sit there and you're, you're it, it's just one of those things. These are your colleagues when they react in that manner. It's kind of like, okay, they they're to the point where they're practically speechless because they never thought that this, something like this would um, would come out, you know. But doesn't certainly seem that they're, you know, they're not standing up and going, I know, Matt, he didn't do this. Know what I'm saying? So it's it's not a good situation for him. My honest opinion. All right. Here we go, Buck. Look out, because here's where I jump up on the soapbox. 
And I'm seeing that your your call dropped. Oh, my God. Okay. Hopefully Buck gets back on the show. Well, probably a good thing because, you know, I talked a little bit about it last night with, with Buck on the phone saying that, you know, I want to talk about this whole situation with the U.S. pulling troops out of Syria. Um, basically, they've been reinforcing uh, the Kurds. They've been – the Kurds, our allies, um, have helped us in the fight against ISIS, right, hugely. And there's like 11,000 um, – ISIS um, troops that are jailed in Syria right now. Well, guess what? When he pulled the troops, everybody said this is a bad move. I mean, Lindsey Graham went on the uh, record as saying, and he's a staunch uh, Trump supporter. He went on the record to say that this is not good. This is a bad idea. And good luck finding anybody who will support us in the fight against uh, against Al-Qaeda, ISIS, I forget the other group that he mentioned, if you do this. Well, they basically have looked at it um, as, uh, you know, America turning their backs on them. And, um, you know, they, they indicate uh, that they uh, put the blame on... Um, the U.S., uh, the European Union, and Russia will be responsible for any humanitarian catastrophe afflicted on our people in northern and eastern Syria. Well, guess what? Turkey attacked today. They attacked uh, civilian targets. Um, There are reports of civilian casualties. I mean, this is something that I've kind of harbored about over the years. It started in the 2016 um, primary campaign, Republican primary campaign, which I watched so much of, and people were kind of making a fuss over things. Uh, They wanted Trump's taxes, yada, yada, yada. Let's not even really get into that. But the, the argument would come up, why? What's 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 that going to prove? Why is that so necessary? My argument back was the fact that Trump has so many foreign interests, you know, in other countries that this could be problematic and potentially um, a conflict of interest for a president. And I said this at the time. My good buddy BT will will be reminded of it. Uh, probably again tonight when I talk to him after the show, because I know he's listening. So he's he's hearing this right now, and he's going to be like, yeah, yep, Cappy got on his uh, uh, soapbox and told me about this. I said way back when, and two of the biggest countries that I referenced were Turkey and India, because they are two countries, uh, as well as China, um, that he has interest in, that basically the banks and, and all these things are are run by business leaders that have ties to the government. 
So basically the government runs their banks and stuff like that. So therefore, if anything were to come up, they could potentially exploit it and, you know, uh, go to Trump and say, well, we'd really like you to do this for us. And, you know, if you do, you know, we'll forgive this loan or we'll uh, we'll charge you less on this loan or we won't give you uh, as many problems. You know, all these different things could potentially happen. I find it pretty uh, scary. I don't know if there's anything about it. I'm not really that much of a conspiracy theorist. Um, but the fact that he has one of the largest um, hotels in Istanbul, Turkey, it's basically the, the double the size of uh, his regular Trump um, towers type things, it is, is like, okay, you have a conversation with Turkey's president, now you're pulling troops out. Three days later, Turkey's attacking. What, what the hell is this all about? Moreover, instead of getting into the whole conspiracy theorist type thing, let's talk about the fact that this president continually seems to turn his back on our allies, piss, piss off our allies, and try to adorn himself with our enemies, with dictators. Well, maybe it's because he has a dictator mentality himself. Because God forbid you go against him, you're going to get name-called, you're going to get thrown under the bus, he's going to come out you, and he's just not going to relent because his ego just can't take it, folks. So it, it, it's, a, it's a shame that something like this uh, happens because I do believe Lindsey Graham is on to something when he says, good luck finding anybody to help us in our fight against Al-Qaeda or ISIS. Because you got the Kurds here that you basically turn their back on, and now we've got civilian casualties being reported. has to be confirmed, I think. But they're being reported. That's It's humanitarian at this point. And guess what? It's our fault because our president pulled troops out. That's what it comes down to. It's our fault. We already piss people off in that region. Middle East, you name We already piss people off in that region. Now we're going to piss off allies and, and more people. And they're, you're damn right they're going to use that against us by saying, oh, yeah, you know, U.S. turned their backs on the Kurds and you saw what happened there, right? It's just, it's ridiculous. I don't think the man has a clue about diplomacy and foreign affairs. I really don't. They said it. Even Lindsey Graham said it the other day. And I keep bringing up Lindsey Graham because not only is he a Republican, but he has been one of the biggest supporters of the president. One of the biggest supporters. So Lindsey Graham even said it the other day that, you know, you, you do – by doing this, he's ignoring all the mil- every military official that he spoke to advised against this. You, there's no win situation there when you have a president who doesn't respect the opinion of his generals and his military and thinks 
He's the albeit know-it-all in this area, which I'm sure by now he's proven that he's not, and just goes ahead and, and does this type of stuff. I, I, you know, it's reckless, it's ignorant, and it's baffling. I don't know why. What's behind it? All right, Buck, I'll let you speak now that you're back on. I was going off there for a little bit. I went back in the studio, and I saw that you are back with us. So I'll give you a chance to respond. Oh, I have a rebuttal? I get to rebut? But I said but. Um, yeah, well, we all know uh, by now that I'm not the political person uh, in this family. I you know, quite frankly, don't like talking politics because cause it's just, it, to me, it's always negative. Um, <clears throat> however, you know, I, uh, I gotta say, I, I mean, you know, <laughs> you bring up some good points there, brother. You bring up some good points. Um, you know, and, and, and I, right now I just, can't, I, I, I can't think of, you know, I, I always like to think of, you know, other things that, you know, might possibly be going on. Uh, for instance, in this case, you know, he pulls out troops in Syria um, and you and you say to yourself, well, you know, how many how many times have you heard uh, somebody on the other side or even a Republican themselves say, oh, we're going to put, you know, we're going to when we become president. We're going to pull out troops from here and there and everywhere. Well, you know, the one thing is, is it's always difficult to do such a task. I mean, you can't just. You have to do it wisely. You can't just do it. Yeah. Exactly. You can't just yank exactly. troops out. You know, you, once, once you make the deal to bring troops into the fold, I mean, you're talking years and years until you can actually think about. Um, extracting them from that area, um, you know this this is this this is crazy. In that you know you you, you talked about it before uh, with foreign affairs. Um, foreign affairs, you know personally, I'd like to see a president, you know, deal more with personally in my my mind, deal more with the issues that are going on in our own country. Uh, before worrying about foreign affairs, I would, but I would agree you with always that. have to you always have to keep it in your mind that you can't just um, turn a blind eye to the rest of the world when you are a nation such as ourselves in the United States. And you know, my thing about this is it it, it just is um it's crazy. It, it's crazy when when you sit there and you. You just do something like that. I, I, I mean, that's that's my thing. You know, you just do something like that. But personally, you know, um, with Trump, you know, he, he's 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 under a lot of um, scrutiny right now. You know, he's you know, trying to impeach him. Um, he's got this going on. You know, uh, he's probably got, like sometimes I feel with this president. You know, he he just adds on to the fire, just to put out fires that he already has. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
like yeah, that's exactly what my wife said. Other kind time. of sexual scandal with him, and it's like uh, we're not paying attention to that right now because he's under impeachment process. He's under impeachment process where they're thinking about impeaching him. Oh, and um, you know he pulled troops out of Syria, and now attacked by Turkey. First of all, yeah, uh, you know honestly. Yeah, I don't go by a political view. I just go by, you know, what goes on into my brain when things are told to me. And, like, if I were um, – I personally could never take a, a country named Turkey seriously. You know, like, you know, who are your allies? Cranberry? Cranberry sauce? Not stuffing? Um. Yeah, so that that's like my take on it is is that you know I I I guess I'm like the normal regular person, you know, who sits there and 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 has those thoughts in my head, and you know you kind of sit there and be like, well, you know, you kind of are like Trump in that way, where you know you're not paying attention to foreign policy. See, I don't have to worry about foreign affairs because I'm not a I am not a uh, political uh person uh however i do know that if i were a political person um and as our fans of the show already know i've announced my presidency for uh 2020 um i just know that you were talking about you know going against our allies and my feeling is is that we're not aligned with the right people if I were president in the United States, Cappy, I would mm-hmm. align myself with the women of the world. You know, come on. Let's, let's now, bring them out. You know, let's go Angela here, Merkel. Here's, here's my thing. Theresa May, me in a room, you know, with a couple other ladies, you know, Nicola Sturgeon, Federica Maharini. Let's get these oh, girls baby. together. Now, here's you the thing. Know, and me he's pissing off them. our allies. You know, there's too many of well, them I'm that he's pissing he's... off. Hey, I Dang, just noticed got, that there's a caller, so keep talking. Keep talking. I'm going to take them in the uh, screen. But that's that's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're aligning, you know, for me, it's not about aligning yourself with, you know, political uh, states in the world it's it's aligning with women of power in those political states you know so in other words in the uk you know in great britain Theresa may i'll align myself up with her i'll align myself up with angela merkel you know chancellor of germany let's go nicola sturgeon she's the first minister of scotland come on ladies you know let's get together and and, and let's hash this out Let's come up with a better world. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about we got to get yeah. a woman's perspective. That's all. Well, speaking yeah, of that, a woman's that, perspective. That's why you should vote for me. Speaking of a woman's perspective, we have one on the line. Let's bring them on air. Welcome to the show, Mrs. Boy. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for calling in. I had a feeling you might call in on this. Just had that feeling. <laughs> I 
I hear him in the background. I hear him. I hear Chaplin in the background. Yo, I couldn't help it. I a shitstorm now. Yeah. I tried to warn you, but it's too late. I got to my phone before he did. I got you. I hear you. Lay it on us. Good or bad, lay it on us. Mentioned that the economy of our major adversary, China, is larger than ours on a purchasing power parity basis. We have Russia's economy remains sizable, and regional powers such as Iran, um, you know, these countries have more purchasing power. They're significant in economic strengths. Right now, we have uh, we're bound by a treaty of. 53 countries. We're fighting wars, proxy wars, that we have no business really fighting, but because we're bound under that treaty. But these other countries, and among the 53, have lowered their their defense spending to 2% of their GDP, whereas America, the United States, is still trying to maintain, you know, big spending on defense so that we can come to the rescue. How is that fair? The taxpayers. I understand the inhumanity that some of these countries, the people in these countries are going through, but, you know, that's for them to deal with and revolution, you know, fight against it. We had our ancestors who did. There's an imbalance between U.S. commitments and U.S. power, and I we totally need to agree. fix that. I mean, we have, yeah, <laughs> yeah we're going to maintain our current, you know, level of engagement and commitment um, is that we have to ask it, questions. It does is that make not, it, best national interest? Sorry. Yep. No, no problem. No problem. Uh, it, it does make it difficult when you're in situations like this where you have uh, the Kurdish army helping you with your fight against ISIS, which has been directed mostly at the U.S. and Europe, uh, the U.K., Mm-hmm. But it, it's evolved. It's evolved since then. Let's be honest about it. But it does make it difficult when you're involved in these wars that we probably shouldn't have been involved in in the first place. Mm-hmm. But it's, how how do you just pull troops out and leave your allies to fend for themselves against an an army that's much bigger and stronger than they are? And the history that's been behind Turkey, the the Turks and the Kurds for decades. It's like wow. Wow. How how do you expect to to win any type of favorable uh support from others when you do something like that? I mean they they are helping us with ISIS. Now we've got like eleven thousand plus ISIS uh, prisoners that are being unmanned because those forces have withdrawn from those jails to fight for their families and uh, protect the border. It's just, it's tough. There's no win for well, anybody. Well, let me in ask this. you this. Okay, so we have ISIS. Have you seen some of the videos on YouTube of ISIS? I mean, these guys, for the most part, you know, they get this military equipment that's been left behind. And, you know, they almost shoot themselves with these RPGs and everything. They're not really that advanced, and they're not as scary as the media 
portrays them to be. Yes, they can be dangerous, but dangerous as a group. These people that are in prison are not part of a group. There's a small group there, but I'm not really worried about them. What I'm worried about is our troops, our American soldiers. ISIS is not going to come here to America. If they were, they would have already. ISIS is not as advanced as that. During Obama's presidency, we had a terrorist attack every month that he was in office. You can look that up. Since we've since Trump's presidency, we haven't had any. I don't know what that well, means. There's been domestic. You know, we've been fighting. There's been domestic terrorism. Now you said that we need to to help uh, fight against ISIS or something to that. As far as um, that's why do we? I mean, yes, because we're committed with a treaty. But other than that, our American soldiers are hired basically to fight for our country and bound by treaty to fight for other countries. But if other countries aren't going to be as dedicated and they're just going to stand back and, oh, well, America's going to come in and do the work, we'll just stand by and watch it all happen and, you know, clear it all out. How long are these wars? How long are we supposed to continue to fight? Now, because there's always going I, to be I don't have to the, I don't have a good answer for you, Mrs. Boyd. I'll be very candid with you. I don't. Uh, it, you bring up a lot of great points, as always. Um, but the, the, I guess the crux of my argument is when you're already in these situations, it, it really does not look good on us as a nation to just turn our backs the way it's being perceived that we're doing right I now. It just, but when you have it, other it's, countries, it's, they're not, not willing to say you've done enough. Let's not people off. <laughs> well, they would have us there I forever mean, guarding them. You know, there's and that's Middle the, East has that's always the had tough problems. Part. Yeah, that's the tough part. I mean, there's a lot of areas we just shouldn't be. Um, mm-hmm. We're extended, you know, but, overextended. You know, our, how, yeah, what if something were to happen here on our soil? And a serious thing it, where it would be war. <laughs> you know, how many of them yeah, are going know, to be able to come and help us? Oh, American can handle it. There are strength about to say, You know what? I was just about to say, you know what? If that did happen, we'd probably be fending for ourselves. I mean, there's mm-hmm. going to be there's going to be certain allies that are, are going to be behind us. I'm not going to lie. I mean, look, this is not to bash um, our president, Donald Trump. I respect the office of the presidency. Uh, I will admit that it, it's getting uh, tougher and tougher each year, each month with with certain things. But, look, I voted for Republican presidents in the past. I do not enjoy, do not like this party partisan uh, bullcrap that we see all the, all the time. And just a quick note on that is the fact that mm-hmm. the way people reacted on social media – with George W. Uh, George W. Bush and Ellen DeGeneres at a Dallas Cowboys game, and how they gave her shit for being a liberal, sitting there with uh, with Bush. Her response was perfect in the fact that when she says at the end of her show, "Be kind to one another," it, it's not meant to be selective to people that you know share your same uh, views and points. We can we can. Mm-hmm. We can differ in those areas, but still be good to one another. I mean, the the thing about I it is, I, and I, I don't 
like to do this type of stuff because it does seem like um, anti-Trump and um, ganging up on him. But no, you know the bottom line is so. he 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 he's not taking the advice of the people, the professionals, the experts that are there. That's not to say that some of them aren't you know um, off their rocker with some of their um, you know opinions and stuff like that. But that's why we have a group of advisors to them. The fact that you just you know, disrespect our military by dismissing their opinions and their accomplishments so easily is baffling to me. And I just think that he has already pissed off more allies than we can even fathom by some of the stuff that he does. Let's put it this way. I believe, and I know a lot of people were crying for somebody outside of politics to come in and just not be swayed by political parties and and um, the people with the money. Yes, I was all for that. I don't trust our Congress anymore. I wish we could just start all over again and just get new people in there. But the bottom line is this guy thinks that he can run the nation like he runs a business. And you can't in in many aspects. You just can't. And he needs to let go of his ego a little bit and take the advice, especially when it comes to military um, things. We're we're in situations that we just shouldn't be in, and, and I'm pretty passionate about that, as I believe you are too. But the bottom line is we're in them, and we can't just – we've got to develop – plans before we pull the trigger on this stuff and not just do it. I'd love mm-hmm. to have all of our troops back here and not a single one be in jeopardy in a foreign country. You know, I, I am mm-hmm. I am a advocate for our military, um, but the bottom line is we we're out there. We can't be stupid about it. I apologize. Okay. I'll let you I, I'll let you I, I totally respect your opinion, and you brought up some good points as well. Um, And I love these discussions because, you know, maybe there was something you didn't think about or I didn't think about, you know, in the process of, uh, you know, forming my opinion based on the information that we have available to us. And and having said that, uh, what we know is there were not weapons of mass destruction. We know Saddam Hussein wasn't the one that attacked, you know, bombed the towers or or crashed into the towers and committed mayhem here in our country. And so we trusted our military advisors. Isn't it? Yeah, that was the big oops. Don't you find it odd that, uh, you know, as far as if they all agreed with the president, then there would be something wrong. When you have disagreement, especially among the military-industrial complex who has wanted to take Bashar al-Assad out from Syria for eons now, when we have the opportunity to, you know, um, as far as pull our troops, not all of them, there was only few in the sense of, you know, a couple of hundred, but there weren't like, we didn't pull out everybody, we left people there, but nevertheless, you know, when we listen to our military industrial complex, it is corrupt to high heaven because it's all about weapons and money, 
when we listen to Congress that can't, you know, agree to tie their shoe before they start walking, it, it amazes me how people forget that, that maybe, just maybe, we should try something different mm. and see what happens. <laughs> okay. We couldn't be any worse off than we are now. You're saying that we've pissed off people. Well, Trump is working to balance out the trade among other countries. We've maintained our military presence, you know, in other countries like we should have. So we're there ready on hand if anything comes up and, uh, and we take action when, when needed. You know, we're not always informed of that until a couple of days later, but nevertheless, things happen. And, um, you know, I think we should just try something different. I think once these trade wars are over, because what <laughs> when he said these other countries were raping us as far as the trade, he wasn't kidding. I actually had looked into that, and it's ridiculous. Yes. And I think that we could actually mm-hmm. do without China. If China had to rely on Russia, they're still not going to do as well as they are when they traded with us. And so, you know, Xi Jinping wants to play games, let's play. You know, if we have yeah. to subsidize, subsidize hey. our farmers, then let's do that because they need to eat in the midst That's of That's one area. That's one area Sorry, where I'm on board. No, that's one area where I'm on board because when it does come to trade, we're being taken advantage of immensely. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And I think a lot of people – let's. Let me put it this way. I think a lot of I, – I always hate to use the terminology liberals and far right and stuff like that, but I'll just say it like this. I think a lot of Democrats who are anti-Trump don't take the time to educate themselves like you have in this situation. And, and you know, it, it's a sin. I'm constantly my, – my wife has uh, issues with Trump. Because of the way he bullies people and the way he treats uh, women. Um, but, you know, she, she has a tendency sometimes when stuff comes up that, you know, she just, boom, acts. And, and I turn around and go, yeah, but in fairness, I'm always, I always do that. Fuck can tell you. I, I, I'll, I'll always give the other side of it. Like, you know, it's that, mm-hmm. you know, um, like a debate, which, fuck part of a debate team is very good at that type of stuff. He does it with me all the time. You know, it's some stuff that, um, you know, non-political, non-political stuff that I am passionate about and could be very, very wrong about. Look out because Buck is going to, Buck is going to call me on it. He's going to debate me on it. He's going to point stuff out. <laughs> Next thing you know, him and I are going at it. Over something yeah. stupid. He does a good job at that. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just that's just the way it is. Keep in I mind that that's, that's non-political, non-political non- people. It is. It has it nothing to do with politics. You heard my voice for the first part in like the last twenty some minutes because I have to keep myself quiet because I have no idea what the two of you are talking about. <laughs> Did you know that President Trump has more women in his administration than any other administration in history? Yeah, it doesn't surprise well, yeah. me. Um, you know, and, and, and watching, <laughs> watching. See, I always um, have to put a joke. I'm sorry, 
Miss Boy. Yeah, you do. I always have to put a joke. <laughs> that's that's the only way I can get in on this. Otherwise, you know, For me. You know I, I really don't want to talk about, like, the last thing I ever want to talk about is Trump or politics. You know, neither oh. one of them, I, don't, I ever want to have to, like, mention that into my daily repertoire. <laughs> oh, no. For me, the, when it comes to the way he treats women, the way that I see that he's treated women, um, and it, mm-hmm. it's not it's not always just women. It's the way he treats other people. He, he definitely uses a lot of bully techniques. I mean, if you just listen to him in um, an interview or – you know, they, they have a press conference with him and a president from another country. And, mm-hmm. you know, the media does their typical attack on him, which he's been attacked more than any other president in our history. I mean, tenfold. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the media uh, bears across um, in this as well. But the way he cuts people off and, and the way he both asks this Ask this man a question. We have this man here right now. Ask him a question. Don't be rude. The way, the tonality, the way he does it, you know, but I've seen him, like, in my wife's uh, respect, the way she's viewed him. I have seen him Mm -hmm. uh, in other interviews. And before presidency, like with The Apprentice, the way Mm -hmm. he treated other women. There were times when he treated women great. You know what I mean? But then there were other times when... I mean, you see him objectifying them by looking at their ass, their breasts, you know, while they're talking, presenting something. You know, I'm one of those guys that I look at other men's reactions to a woman who's barren or cleavage, bending over, stuff like that. I do. I I watch it. to. I'm like, okay, let's see how obvious this guy makes it. <laughs> Maybe it's because Buck. Maybe it's because Buck and I kind of pride ourselves on doing the quick glances and not being an idiot and gawking and staring. But I've seen him do that, and I've seen sometimes where, you know, where he puts his hand on the lower back, um, starts out with the the arm type of thing, the way he talks to certain women uh, versus others. And let's face it, this whole name calling, regardless of it being a woman or a man, is just childish. It has no place in our, you know, presidential office. That's not being presidential, in my opinion. Let's just leave that by the side, treat people with respect, go out there. If he kept his mouth shut and just did his job, you know, he would wind up showing people the good things that he's doing. But time time again, (laughs) time and time again, he opens up his mouth, and that, that overshadows the things that he's doing. So, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I went off on another I will say again. this. <laughs> I will definitely say this, though. Because yeah, you, you mentioned if he kept himself quiet, uh, and, and I, I really, I've talked about all the time about him and his Twitter. I, I hate that. But if he kept himself quiet, you know, he has a full front assault coming to him from the media. He, there. They're never going to bring out, unless it's Fox News, of course, they're never going to bring out anything positive of him, whether he kept his mouth shut or not, you know, because they never have and they never will. 
it, it's just the way it is. It's just how most of our media is in this country. And mm-hmm. it's going to continue. I don't mind the tweets. I actually don't pay attention to them. I don't, you know, read Twitter. I have a Twitter account, but it's not very active. Um, as far as him fighting back, I can understand that. Because they're getting hit every day, every day, not even given a chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the, from the time that he was inaugurated, that January 25th day, you know, it, it's, it was on. It was on before that for the media, but after that it was on with the um, legislature the left on the left there, the Democrats. Um, and so, yeah, being hit every day. It's like, all right, already, enough, you moron. You know, you, you start to lose it presidentially or not. How many other presidents have been hit like this man? I mean, there's a breaking None. point for all of us. And we needed a bull, a bully to be in there because of all the crap. I mean, look at all the stuff that's being exposed. Do you think if he was in there presidential and played the game status quo that we would be, you know, having all of this exposed information as far as different things that are happening uh, within our government and around our government, the players in the government, you know, the trade. I mean, many people, I didn't know we were being taken for granted. I figured our legislature was doing the best that they could, you know, with the trade and the president, acting president, have checks and balances like they're supposed to. But that's that's not what we have right now. We have a Congress mm. that is just supposed to work as checks and balances, but they, for some reason, think that they rule over the executive branch and they don't want to follow procedure. They just want to try and go around and railroad. I mean, the CIA, our intelligence agency, for God's sake. You know, when you have that group, not all of them in there, but the majority of them that control things, that can make things happen, uh, that's pretty scary. And to know that they've been working behind the scenes against this president, wow. Yeah, I I would be pushing back a lot every day. <laughs> For me personally, but <laughs> you know, I, I was, I just I was going to say that. How would we react if we were if we were getting attacked every day? I mean, I've said that before to my wife. I go, you can't blame somebody for firing back. I might not agree with the way they fired back, but I can't blame True. them for firing back. <laughs> I agree with you there. <laughs> anyway, just they, I mean, say, though, this is something Twitter twittering. Yeah. Is exhausting. <laughs> Tweets are exhausting. Like literally, yes. honestly, I, I I think I just come across something here. I have problems with sleeping sometimes at night. Like I'm going to be very anxious tonight. I'm going to have to work on making sure that I get some hours of sleep tonight. And I think mm-hmm. I know why how I'm going to do it. And it's just going to put on the screen uh, t- Twitter. And, and just tweet left and right, left and right. I think it'll put me right to sleep because it's just exhausting. There you go. <laughs> I've tried it. I don't have my my account. I have an account. My account is is as inactive as inactive can be. Okay, and it's because I just prioritize things in my life more so than Twitter. And you know, my my Perfect. thing to say about the whole Twitter thing with him is is that I really wish he would prioritize other things. It's fine to fight back, but I feel like he just eggs it on and he wants to be um, combative instead of, you know, maybe coming up with, like you said, with, um, you know, trying something different. How about about we try something different? 
You know, because well, this is obviously not working, right? With the Twitter. I get that you want to you argue your case, and, and you bring up good points because, like, I to bring it, like, I always try to bring it to myself how would I react in this situation. And I, I would probably be very defensive as well. Um, but, man, this guy, this guy tweets like crazy. That's the exhausting. Exhausting to do. <laughs> but he got the Democrats to totally go on the side of illegal immigration so people can expose them to who they are and what their agenda is. You know, these tweets can can rattle people and get them all excited and all in an uproar. But in the end, you know, he's <laughs> exposing Democrats left and right for what, you know, what they want to do, what they're doing, who they are, who they care about. Um and, and it's amazing, you know, you, if you saw the Democrat debates and they all raise their hands as far as providing medical health care for, you know, everybody that comes into the country. And it's like, hey, wait a minute, that's my dime you're raising your hand to. <laughs> uh, you know, mm. so the, I look at him in that way as far as, okay, let's see what else he's exposed today or if he's just being stupid. You know, my account is obscure <laughs> sapphire. If you could look it up, you can see how inactive it is. <laughs> Sometimes I'll read the tweets. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm all about I, the know, satire. You I'm know. horrible with uh, with Facebook and social media because I tire very quickly of somebody telling me what they're doing throughout the day. You know, oh, my six year old <laughs> just learned how to tie their shoes. You know, it's like, okay, great. Uh-huh. I just Happy had the you. best cheesecake. Yeah, I mean, yep, I've seen yep, people yep. do that. Oh, I've seen do. people do I that. First joined, you know, look, I first look what Facebook. I just did today. I just had a bowl of cereal looking out my window, and I went, are you kidding me? And then from that point on, that was a few <laughs> years ago. I, Facebook, I keep in touch <laughs> with my family. That's about it. <laughs> my baby smiled at me for the five millionth time. Oh, my <laughs> God. What an event. Yeah, I could and do with that. That's for day. sure. Let's work together, and you see that person just get just hammered, <laughs> like a feeding frenzy. Like, wow. Exactly. I had the roughest day today. I went to Rita's Water Ice, and they were closed <laughs> for the rest of the year. I can't believe <laughs> I it. Where am I? My where am I going to get my Alex Lemonade Water Ice now? I don't know where. Uh, all, all good things. Well, Listen, yeah. Mrs. Boyd, Mrs. I, I got to say this. I, I go ahead to the go both ahead. of you. Because Mrs. Boyd, I want you to for this. Yeah, I, I always come up with segments and think of segments. And I think I just came up with one of gold. And that is that we get on together. And you got to be a part of this, Mrs. Boyd. We're not do this with get together and we come up with the tweets or or Facebook um, notifications of the day. Just just roll out. That's all you got. Oh, okay. I made I made the greatest sweater in the world. It's purple (laughs) and yellow, and I'm not even a Vikings fan. 
I'll have to, oh, I'll have to look those up. I don't get the notifications. I, I would ch- uncheck that box, but I'll look them up. That'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, I, I want to thank both you guys for calling in. I, I, you know, Mrs. Boyd did most of the talking, but Mr. Boyd did uh, chime in a little bit. He warned us, he should say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He went outside. But, uh, thank you. Thank you for taking my call very much. You guys are great. Well, we always appreciate you joining us. And, you know, we we have some healthy conversations here. And it's nice to have others in on that. And I don't think um, – like you you said, you know, people disagree, but there's other things that are happening that need to be how, – how should I say? I, I said it earlier. People need to educate themselves about things versus just popping off without the facts. I mean, I've said that from day one on different things. You know, when Trump was running for president and people were popping off without the facts, I was kind of like, whoa, wait a minute, time out here, you know? I think Mm -hmm. you need to educate yourself. And if you disagree, you disagree. You know, it happens. That's Mm -hmm. part of our democracy. If everybody was alike, we'd have some serious problems. Yeah, you know, but we appreciate yeah, if, every if time you had you, a bunch of people like me. It's not a, a good thing. Yeah, well, we appreciate every time you come on, you give a little bit of a different perspective, um, and, and you certainly always enlighten us. So thank you for joining us tonight. Well, thank you. Yes. I enjoyed it very much. And you know, even though we disagree, we have a connection, and that's what you know humanity is all about. You know, you can you know, disagree, and so what? Let it go. But the connection is what's real. And we should hang on to. So thank you again for taking my call. Thank you. And tell the dog thank you, Mrs. Well, we appreciate your input. Thank you. We definitely appreciate this. And uh, when you hang up with us, make sure you tweet about it. (laughs) Make sure you tweet about it. All right. Well, I had just the most wonderful, passionate conversation with Buck and Cap on their show. Hashtag, what am I doing with my life? (laughs) <laughs> yeah well you know we we don't have a ton of time for your uh the big four uh segment but i think we can do a few things here right sure yeah why not all right yeah we can do a few all right things. Well, let's do it why don't you take it off explain explain to our listeners what you had in mind here Oh, yeah, the big four. Basically, you know, you, you see a lot of these shows. Uh, you see them on TV and you see them, you hear them on radio where they're always Mount Rushmore of something, you know, the the, the Mount Rushmore flavors. Basically, you know, saying, you know, the top. Your mic is the breaking up on thing us. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, you're, basically, you're right. it's the yeah. it's the top it's the top four of a certain category, and that's we about doing it with starting out. And it could be many categories, but the big four are starting out with numbers of you know uh, athletes who have worn 
a number, a certain number, like a, the number two, three. And coming up with the uh, best athlete to wear that number in each of the four sports, hence the big four. And, you know, we uh, we talked about it a little bit. And I, I got I to say that, like, it, it was more difficult than I was going to be uh, to research. Uh, just, you know, coming up with, you know, some numbers, you know, it's easy in, in one sport and it's real difficult in another. And, you know, I, I agree. Yep. I don't know how crazy we're going to get with this, but we wanted to do, I think we could do one number, right? Yeah, we could do more than one number. Yeah, I think, I think we could do one number. Um, and I think the number should be nine. I thought that was the easiest of the, uh, of the numbers that we discussed anyway. Um, so let's go with the number nine. And I guess we, uh, well, we'll go back. Today is here. the 9th of October, so it's kind of yeah. fitting. Right, exactly. Right. Um, which yeah. is why we came up with the number nine. And, and we can go and back and forth with each other um, uh, through the sports. You know, but you know, the big four of – the number nine for me, starting out in the NFL, it's got to be Drew Brees, right? Like, I know he's – you would think that maybe it's somebody who's retired, Hall of Famer or whatnot. Um, but when looking at it, you know, cause you got to look and see who all had that number. Drew Brees has the numbers to, 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 uh, to basically – you know, prove that he is the best number nine to, or the best athlete in uh, the NFL to ever wear that number. You know, um, I don't know if you came up with anything other than Drew Brees, but, you know, that would be for the NFL. That would be me. Uh, what was yours, Cappy? It, it would definitely be um, Drew Brees, you know, in my opinion. Yes. I'm going to go off. We're going to try to make it a little little quick tonight. Um, going to go to the NHL because the NHL, I think, is, is a slam dunk. It's the easiest one out of all of them. Uh, and I came up with Gordy Howe. And I, I pretty much think that you came up with the same. Oh, yeah. No brainer. The only other – the. Well, I shouldn't say the only other. There's there's two others that, you know, um, are in that argument, if you will. Um, Bobby Hull and Maurice Rocket Richard. I actually have a picture of them somewhere in the room, the three of them. The big, the big three that were the number nine in the NHL. But, hands down, Gordie Howe is my pick. You brought up two great uh, players there, and that's what I—that's what I was trying to to emphasize. For some numbers in some sports, it's it's simple. Like you can come up with seven, eight, nine. You can come up with a ton. You could come up with your own your own big four for those. Uh, but then you come up into other sports, like for instance with the number nine. I felt like the NBA was a little bit tougher. Um, but for me, you know, it, it, it was the knowledge of players and 
for me, I, I came out with Tony Parker of the you know, Spurs. I think he's the he's the top number nine in the NBA. I feel. Mm-hmm. I you know I didn't do homework on this one, so yeah, I that that's a good uh, there's a good pick. I kind of pulled up um, uh, some stuff, um, and I'm seeing one thing here: Bob Pettit, NBA. Mm. Yes. Right. Uh, okay. I saw that too. Anyway, and I was like, "Who's?" I'm thinking. I'm, honestly, I was like, "Who's that guy?" I like your pick better. Let's put it that way. So. Now I thought the um, for baseball, you know, there, there, there's baseball to me has a lot of like older nostalgia players uh, who are really, really yeah. good. And you come across these guys and you're like, man, you know, how, how do you compare him with this person? There was, there were some numbers that I went over with, with uh, major league baseball players. I was like, wow, you could just keep going on and on and on. But as far as the number nine, agreed. Yeah. I, I, I looked at a few of them and the one that came to me, even though I never watched him play, but he's still to this day in the sport of baseball iconic, and that's Ted Williams. Agreed, agreed. The argument could be made for Roger Barris um, on that. You know, it's funny because as you started talking, when you said number nine, one of the first things I did was look at number nine for baseball because hockey and football were pretty much a no-brainer for me, um, and. and Forgive me for, you know, overlooking um, basketball, you know, but um, I did find something here. Reggie Jackson wore number nine for nine of his 21 seasons. I didn't know that. Wow. I mean, maybe I forgot it. You know, what what was he? Number 40. God, help me here. About forty was it forty four? Um, no, I don't know. Anyway, I thought it was forty. But it, I, I mean, you you could be right on the the money with that one. Um, I think I might still lean. I think I might still lean towards um, Ted Williams, if um, you know, if Reggie kept the number nine all those years, but certainly. There'd be a hell of an argument there. Yeah, he he was the number forty-four, um, and that's what he was known for, as the number forty-four. So, you know, to me, he doesn't match up for the number nine. But it's interesting that you did say that because he was number forty-four for the Yankees, and he was number forty-four for the Angels. And, but he was number nine for the Oakland Athletics and the Baltimore Orioles. So that's, Baltimore that's Orioles. Think yeah. So. yeah, yeah, How about yeah. That? But then again, you got Hank Aaron but, yeah. was number 44. So there's another yes. argument. And we, could, we, could, we could come up with that number for the big four uh, in future. Um, for right, right now, we went, yeah. you know, we talked about it, you know, 
what numbers did we want to come up with? And uh, you you said number nine, and I was like, oh, that's because it's the ninth of of October. So yeah, we mm-hmm. went with it, and it turned out to be in my mind probably one of the easier ones. And we're gonna have yeah, to I would agree. It. Yeah, we ran out of time. We're gonna have to come up uh, and do that segment another time for some other numbers. Uh, but I, I yeah. Yeah, and dedicate more time to it. Yeah, yes. Um, If I could ask you a question, I see in the studio the Big Four segment. What what is that? Can can I play it? What what did Uh, you put together for us? Yeah, you know what? I put something together just before the show, real quick, and Mm -hmm. if we had, like, I figured the next time we'll we'll roll it out. But play. By all means, play it. Here we go. Here we go, then. It's the Big Four. What the hell is that? (laughs) (laughs) What the? (laughs) It's the Big Four. Here's here's the thing. Yeah, I decided it was way too quick, but I put it in there because I just, you you know me. I like to joke around and play around. But the significance of it, you know, is that I did four different voices to say it's the big four. Yes. And you then do I have tried to, to get better at labeling this stuff, though. I mean, you know, organization is key in our studio there, Buck. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know. I'll put it on. Uh, it'll- on the bottom. I, think, I, I like that. I, I, <laughs> yeah, it's on the bottom, but it just says, you know, the big four segment. It doesn't, you know, indicate that's a theme, like theme, advice Buckwild style, theme, match game from when we do that. You know what I mean? It's easy to. I, I know. I thought I thought about it afterwards, and I, I didn't know to put it in the category of theme because it's just four voices saying it's the big four, but and, you know, I, I put it together real quick. Again, and we've, just got went. Sound bites. we've got sound bites that we could, you know, throw in there, promos. You know, it, it could, it could, it well, could it cross be a lines. Right. Yes. It wouldn't be a promo. The, uh, just, sound know. bites. I, I, I think, I think, we should put more sound bites into the show where we put, you know, but instead of like getting it off of the internet, we do it ourselves. You know, like, right. Well, we, we have done a couple ourselves and I don't know that they're in here. Um, trying to think. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I got one. the one. For Fatty Lazy, I got one for you, Kathy. that's probably the best one. Um, oh, my I, uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, you know my brother. He goes by our Fatty Lazy. The ones that we've done ourselves, uh, I don't, I don't see any of them in here. Awkward yeah. might be maybe, the one. Maybe we should get together and do some new ones. Yeah. 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 We, we had some. Anyway. 
pa, pa, pa. why don't we why don't we call it a night? What do you think? Um, we had a very active show. Want to thank Mr. and Mrs. Boy for calling in. Mrs. Boy for her comments. We always enjoy them. Um, like I said before, new political she's very intelligent. Oh, by the way, uh, I'm looking at now. Now I'm catching up, and this has got to be a combination of the two chiming in. They, they talked about Jim Zorn uh, for for the number nine, uh, Maddenly for the Yankees. Um, okay. So Overtable. you know, and then of course. Of course, they were telling us 44 when we were trying to think of uh, Reggie Jackson's uh, number. So thank you, guys. Um, Mrs. Boy said tweet, tweet, tweet to you with a thumbs up, just to let you know. So it's probably you want it <laughs> with a tweet. <laughs> oh, I Twitter had it in away. toenail, and this is what happened when I pulled it out. And there's a picture. Oh, my God! You know. <laughs> and, and, and that's where, and that's yes, where one of our sound guys. bites comes in. Oh! He had a loose of five hole. That's definitely going to be a uh, <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. half a loose oh. of five hey. hole. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I'm definitely going to roll a tight. Yeah, you score all right. <laughs> We're definitely going to roll out um, the big four segment uh, a, a lot, a lot more. Actually. We talked about a couple of things. I don't want to tip our hat here, but we talked about a different couple of different variations for it. So be prepared for that. It's not going to be just, uh, you know, the best player from each of the top um, professional right. sports. Maybe exactly. we, maybe we do it like one sport only. Maybe we do it just team wise. Because if you did something like that with the Yankees, who wore who was the best player to wear number blank? Man, oh man, that could be challenging. You know what I'm saying? So it could anyway, be challenging. There's there's different things uh, that we I could do with I that. could see and getting a lot of New York fans. Who who was the best Yankee? Why would Jeter? And why would you put that guy in front of Jeter? Come on, what's the matter with you? Come on, Jeter. He anyway, wore number two. I know he wore number two, stretch. but you added two with a two, we're it becomes four. So he should be the so best four. We're coming down the stretch, so we need to say goodnight to everybody. Thank you for everyone that uh, joining us tonight for the show, Mr. and Mrs. Boyd, for calling in. But more importantly, we want to thank our sponsor, Gnarly Beer Co. Go and check them out at gnarlybeerco.com. And if you do, make sure you use the promo code SINISTER for a VIP discount. We'll see you all next week, folks. Have a good night. Happy tweets, everyone.